What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Bread and Sports Podcast Prelim Preview. Joined by the NOS. What's happening? Not much, mate. What about yourself? No, not too much. We're both uh, both out now. Can both enjoy. Um, although we got no, no stonk with us this week, which I'm not complaining about because, you know, we're, we're all walking to our uh, destined doom now as uh, the weeks tick down. Um, but still some good footy played. Before we go any further, mate, the tips ladder, it just gets closer and closer and closer. I only got the one point in week two. You both got two. Um, so I'm on 309. You're on 307. And oh. the stonk on 312. Scary hours. It's getting close. So I'm thinking maybe we have a first try scorer, Clive, all that nonsense next week. Beautiful. Make things uh, real interesting. Before we um, go on with the preview and the review and all that, Good stuff. End of year reviews. I don't ever think we got to um to our boys, the Bronx. Mate, been a few weeks now. Time to digest. Where did the wheels fall off for Brisbane, do you reckon? I think post-origin. I think once, you know, Carrigan and Cobbo, they were in and out of the team. Um, Cobbo being out for a while after being knocked out. Um. Even with Carrigan's suspension, I think post-Origin, there was a lot of fatigue and a lot of injuries came up and, you know, it was a new experience for them, you know, being involved in such big games and being in such a high part of the ladder. They kind of, you know, got overwhelmed with all this, all these big games and big responsibilities. Yeah, I think definitely a mixture of, you know, overachieving and then also complacency, which I know sort of contradicts each other, but it's like didn't expect to be in that position, did the hard yards to get to that position and then foot off the gas, whether it was because we were tired, we were, you know, a bit too cocky. Um, How much do you buy into the the in-house drama that's that's come up recently with the Bronx? Obviously, Benny Eichen... Uh, Walters, assistant coach gets fired. Obviously, Brisbane, big club, things get blown up a bit more than, um, you know, a, a smaller club would. But do you think it's all smooth sailing there? Is there anything to worry about from outside of the players' um, playing group perspective? Yeah, I think there'd just be a bit of frustration with how the season capitulated with, um, you know, with some of those results, they weren't very nice to look at. You know, they were, they, were, they were blowouts. They weren't games where you, you know, you lost here, you lost there. But, you know, those two big games ultimately cost you a spot in the finals. Yeah. And so I think there would be a few, you know, a few people being, you know, said, told you're responsible for this. So yeah, I think, point thing is. Look, but, you know, once once the season's over and you you through the door for the next year of the preseason, things can all get swept under the carpet and move, move, move along. So I think, you know, the Broncos will have this in the back of their head for the start of the preseason. Yeah. And I think they'll be better for this. You know, they've shown that they can toss it up with the heavyweights. Do you, do you think Benny Eichen and Kevy Walters, do you, obviously Gordy came out, said what he said, we know it, obviously it was Gus that started that whole. Uh, was the first like big name to be a whatever you call director it, president, football. director, whatever it is, and then you got the likes of Mao, 
I personally, being a Broncos fan, feel like things turned around when Eichen came to the club as opposed to Kevy. And I know that that seems a little bit tough. I'm not saying Kevy's done nothing. He was obviously instrumental in getting Reynolds to the club. It's been huge for us. But And whilst, obviously, like you said, with some of those results that led to our demise, people are going to point fingers. But... I would hate I would hate to get into, you know, say round five next year and um you know, people start to be on the midging block and, and, and things of that nature because I think that we've got guys in position to to take us to that next level, you know? Yeah, of course. And especially with Reese Walsh coming, it's it's there's only one way up from here and it's it's into yeah. the eight, I think, for the Broncos. They they've shown that they can, you know, be a good team and they, they have been for most of the season. And Mate, I, I do, I do recall you saying early on this year, maybe even when we did the the early season preview, that it was going to be a long rebuild for us. But I think, um, I you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, not 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 that I not that I you know, and I mean, look, it's not like we ended up in the eight or anything, but I do think mm. the rebuild has has been you know shortened by a couple of years off the back of the yeah. season. Yeah. Um. Oh, mate, Melbourne, the Storm. You guys uh, knock them off their uh, pedestal. That you know, it's a bad year for Melbourne, but a good year for most clubs. What do you make of their season? What's their season really think, look like? I think injuries just ruin them. Um, you know, losing one of their main front roles at the start of the year, Christian Welsh, um, mm-hmm. losing Remus Smith, his uh, pretty good defensive centre as well. Um, you know, loss of Pappenhausen, you know, Coates being out for a good chunk of the year, Hughes in and out of the team. You know, I think they they lacked a bit of what's the word? They lacked stability, a bit of, really. They they, yeah, they, didn't, they didn't. That's that's the word. Yeah, I, I think and, I think a lot of people as well didn't like. It's it, it's really weird when when Pappenhausen plays, we all like. Are in awe, like oh he's a oh could he you know potentially knock Teddy out of his you know Origin fullbacks yeah. all this crazy bonkers bullshit when when he's on but when he when he's been injured in the past couple of years since he's really come onto the scene it's like we don't give them the same pass that we give say a uh, you know Parramatta if Moses got injured a uh, uh, manly you know, manly it's like it's like for some reason we just think Melbourne are meant to be this machine that just churns out success. I mean, look for for how ordinary again by their standards this season went. Nick Meaney, another success story, a guy who you know, all right player, um, a Canterbury and played pretty well as well as anyone could, filling in most of those shoes of a guys like Paps and and Hughes and you know took over goal kicking duties like it that they they still showed you why they're highly respected the way that they are. I just think a lot of people just didn't take any stocks into Pappenhausen's injury, which baffs me because to me that's in any other on any other team that's a huge loss. And plus, Nico Hines was only there last year. I think we watch Nico Hines and it's like it's like it's been what, five, six months him in a Sharks jersey. And it's almost like you forget he he played at Melbourne in a grand final he was, like he was two good. Years ago. It's it it's it's crazy to think the players that they lost last year into this year, and then the injuries they had, and we're like, you know, oh Melbourne, yeah, yeah, they got knocked out first week, like that's pretty poor, and it's like, mate, they 
They really are a resilient bunch. Um, exactly. But I guess, and and I know it's it's still it's still early since they've been out, and obviously we'll talk about it plenty leading into next season. But going forward, take take the monster aspect out of it, right? Because if Munster goes, it's it's only a matter of time before a new superstar pops up. So, regardless of whether he stays or goes, just Melbourne in general, do you think this year is like a, a, a landscape-changing year for them or, you know, nothing to worry about? They'll be fine next year and moving forward. Yeah, I think it's, you know, next year is going to be the the probably the end of an actual era for Melbourne with Bellamy leaving and Munster potentially going. So I think this year was just a bit of a wake up call. Yeah. I mean, they still have, they still have a, a, like a tier spine, which every team, you know, tries to get, they're still going to have a young pap. Hughes sort of hitting his straps now, really. Um, and a, a young, thriving mm-hmm. Harry Grant. So even even when you take out the the Hines, the Munster, Cam Smith only two years out, Brandon Smith leaving, it's well, still such good signs for them moving forward. Well, in, in 2014, Melbourne, you know, that's the last time they bowed out of week one of the finals. And yeah. they still had a handful of stars. And, you know, still after those couple of years, they went on to being quite successful. And, you know, even that still year, made people two more grand finals. This is the end of the storm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's um, definitely not not all over for them, but it's certainly you know they're going. Oh, they've got two good good forwards next year coming in with Katoa and Sims, and frankly, I've got them winning the comp next year. Oh, that is a big call. That is a big call. I mean, look, you know, I don't think going into twenty twenty anyone had them winning, but. They somehow pulled that off. Yeah, can't put anything past Melbourne. Um, mate, well, I'm sure we're both happy as hell to be talking about this bunch, the the Tricolors, the Roosters, our our favourites to win it all at the start of the year um, and, and, in, and in the best fashion possible. Up, full of confidence coming out of the Round 25 local derby. Same team next week and they uh, they crumble. What do you make of the Roosters' 2022 season? I think they lack a lot of depth. They they have all these gun players, and then once a few of them go down, they just they lack depth. They're like Manly, and yeah. I think I think they're they're flat track bullies as well. They, you know, during that run where they're saying the Roosters are so good, they they smashed the Tigers. They. Beat a Melbourne team who, you know, who were struggling for form and consistency, mm. and I think, yeah, they look. They deserve to be in the eight with the team they have, but they were very underwhelming. I, I think, and I can't remember who I was listening to, but someone said they bumped into Crichton, and like not long after the the loss, and he he said like the general vibe around the team after it was. There, we we really could have won a comp with this team this year. Like yeah. they believe that, and I th- and I think they were right to believe so. And I think they'd be pretty disappointed in themselves. Um, more so, more so disappointed in them in themselves for 
letting such a good opportunity go because whilst whilst you and uh, look we all like the three of us had them winning the comp at the start of the year or at least finishing first, the regular season first, I first. winning the comp yeah but uh, i think the worst thing for them is that this this year was meant to be the improvement on last year last year was a really resilient tough well fought out year you know guys like drew hutchinson having to carry a load a young sam walker you know like just guys just next man up and it sort of feels like now that they got all their stars back that like you said that depth really just fell off like you, there was no more next man up mentality it's oh teddy's not playing or manu's not playing like you know we're stuffed you know you, you know you're really scratching at the bottom of the barrel when you're um bringing in Matt Lodge, who, I, look, has been really good for them since he came. But it, it, it sort of speaks, and it's something that we've said about the Roosters, is the junior development is not there, and they have a huge pool of players. I know this where we are is predominantly South's juniors comp, but it's still right in their backyard as well. And, and for them to not have the next you know, good front rower coming through um, and having to go out on market to get someone like Matt Lodge, I think to me more spoke to how little they trust in their depth and their their next up-and-coming players. And, yeah, I, I just think the Roosters going forward, of course, they're the main attraction. If, if big stars are willing to come, of course you take him. But... Don't neglect the fact that you are going to need young kids to, to come through and step up um, throughout the season. Um, mate, your boys, honestly, um, didn't think we'd, we'd be here talking about them like this now two months ago, but what a run into the finals it was for you guys. Obviously, not the fairy tale you were hoping for, but, but once again against a, a storm side that, like we said, they had their reasons why they, they haven't been at their best, but you guys seem to not care who's playing for the Storm. You, you get the job done, and you do a better job down in Amy Park than anyone else. But I feel like that was a nice swan song to what was really... We were talking earlier in the year about some of the, the real embarrassing losses you guys were forking out. And, Warriors to George. Yeah, and, and, and then, you know, the the... The playing group and Ricky not getting along. Obviously, they apparently there was some sort of night out they all had. Not a night out, but more of a night. Honesty in, I guess. session, an honesty session, so to speak. Which only Ricky could pull one off that that rallies the boys <laughs> like this. But um, mate, you guys this year, I think the two games that you had in the finals and that run home. You put that together with the poor performances scattered throughout the start of the year, and the 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 world of of confidence it's going to give to guys like Savage, Fogarty, you know these guys who are new to the team or new to the league. It's it's just this year was so crucial for you guys. Yeah, and I think people forget that we started for 12, 13 weeks of the season without with only one nine. And we didn't have our main halfback. You know, we, we we were planning to use Hodgson and Starling as a as a rotation. We lost yeah. Hodgson in the first twenty minutes of the season. Fogarty didn't play for 12, 13 rounds. 
and we had to pull a dummy half out of our ass who's not wasn't in the top 30 and Zach Wolford. So I think, um, you know, once they actually had a bit of stability, they actually started to win games. And, um, you know, with some of those, those embarrassing losses, they probably would have been further up in the eight if they had that full spine all year. Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, and again, like, like similar to what we said about the storm with the, the constant ins and outs with their spine, you guys, would have started the year with Chance, Jack, Schneider, and Hodgson. And yep. by the end of it, the only player, the only common denominator there was Whiten because yeah. he was with a, a whole new spine. And for him and personally, a- that's this is like his – the amount of spine change we have seen with you guys, and obviously unless you're a top-tier side, you know, your Penrith, your Melbourne – and, and even the Roosters to a degree, you don't see a lot of change in their spine year to year. But for you guys, only a grand final, what, three years ago to yep. now, a lot of spine movement. And you got to imagine, like Jack Whiten still to this day, even with the accolades he has, he has racked up, se- severely punished New South Wales this year not choosing Jack Whiten in game three, I think. Obviously, hindsight, all the rest of that, I get it. But he he continues to be one of the most... When we think of the best sixes in the game, this year in particular, people will jump to Munster, Luai, Dylan Burton. Brown, Burton, and Cody Walker, and Luke Keary. Jack White and still, still has... Who's the only one that's won a M out of those? And a None of them exactly. have won either of those. But that's what exactly. I mean, he and and I just think from the outside looking in, Canberra, you know, it's it's not like the Miami Heat and basketball. It's never going to be the the flashy hot team, but you guys have one of the the you know the Ferraris of our game in in Jack Whiten, and he still is just severely underrated. Um, but yeah, you guys, big year taps. I think finally. Um, Jody's worth. Yeah, I, it, I won't say, but I won't say Papali passed the banner or passed the torch, so to speak. But more so, you could see it, it as opposed to it being one and two. It was more one A, one B. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they're yeah. both they're both giving the same output now. And I think, um, and even even the the bench forward rotation, although Ricky can get a bit weird with it some sometimes, I think. Hornsborough has become one of the we we used to see it a lot. I remember like sort of early mid twenty tens. You used to see that front rower who came on and made a big difference. You know what I mean? And yeah. and we don't really see that so much anymore. Nelson is sort of one of those guys, although he's had to play starting and bigger minutes this year due to injury. But you don't really see it so much anymore. Or Tom, sorry. Yeah, but. But for you guys, I think Corey Hornsborough sort of brought that impact. Um, yeah, definitely. I think another improver has been Hudson Young. He is oh, really, yeah, in the yeah, last right. six weeks of the comp. And I think the Stenners, I think they've actually found, you know, they've had to do a mini rebuild in the past year, if you think about it. Losing yeah, George Williams, well, having absolutely. to find a new halfback. Uh, Hodgson, you know, having to, you know, fix that up and, even yeah, even definitely. even losing your your club captain to a degree is is yeah. 
instrumental in a team's... Hodgson, Hodgson and Kroger. Yeah, like, that's that's no small feat. When we Even when we lost Darius Boyd, and I think Alex Glenn was captain after that, it was a bit of, like, a, 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 like a funny year. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. didn't feel like everyone got behind Alex Glenn, and not because he wasn't a good player or captain, but... It's just it's weird when you have the same captain for quite a while, and then and then there's a new voice, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you guys obviously a lot a lot to take from this year going forward. Definitely, Um, mate. It's 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 one of those weird ones when a team sort of flies under the radar, but they also really, you know, second they came second. The Sharks came second. I said it all wrong. I didn't rate them. It's it's just I I never watched a Sharks game this year and was overly impressed, but I'm not trying to sell them short. It's it's a hard one. Do you know what I mean? They go out in straight sets, having such it's, a soft draw. They yeah, but how mu- like how much do you, like how much are we meant to to give to that? Do you know what I mean? Like you can only beat who's in front of you, but then again, that's just you know not being battle hardened for these big. Big tight games. They weren't. They weren't yeah. ready. I think it, uh, it it almost it almost deflates all the work they put in because I think Fitzy's done a great job. I think Hines. I remember at the start of the year saying like you can't have him and Moylan. Thought that was very strange. They made it work. Um, they're outside backs all year. Like we talk about how important PCMs are. The outside backs bringing the ball back out of out of their own half early on in the year when they had their full complement of outside backs and you had Kennedy, Mulatalo, Katoa, Ramian, and Talakai all you know that that back five was bringing the ball back better than any side in oh, the yeah. comp. But yeah, still, it, and they've got they've got battlers. They've got your you know Fanukin obviously in and out all year, but McInnes was amazing for the most part this year. A, a, a full cast of front rollers and back rollers all doing similar jobs. Like Braley was, you know, pretty good all year, pretty pretty strong at nine all year. But uh, yeah, just uh, I I don't feel like they lack the talent. I just like yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe just not being battle hardened in those big games. Yeah, um, probably their their demise, unfortunately. But the Sharkies overall, what 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 do you make of their season this year? I think they had a good year. They, you know, being second in the NRL is 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 a good good achievement. You know, finishing second, you know, finishing off the season you know, wasn't probably the most ideal way, but you know, for all for all money, they they did well. Yeah, I, I give it to them. I, not, I didn't have them doing much in the finals, but from a regular season standpoint, like not much they can improve on. I think they've established themselves as a finals team for the you know for the next couple of years as well. That's the that's the the thing I take most out of it. That they've you know we're going to see the sharks in the finals. We know they're a good team, and you know I think with building a team around Nico Hines that really um, sets a standard. That you know there's a lot to improve on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think I think they're better for the run this year. I think that they've they've had they've had now the ups and the downs, a bit of embarrassment to end the year, especially when they had such a soft draw and were probably full of confidence coming into this final series. 
you 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 know what you did well and you know what you can improve on going into next exactly. year. Exactly. Exactly. Um all right, well that's that's uh team's end of year reviews. Only only four left. I don't really think we'll um do any more team reviews until post season, but uh World Cup talk before we go anywhere else. And in particular, first, we got the Prime Minister's game this weekend. A uh, few familiar faces, uh, Addo Carr, Cherry Evans, Ben Hunt, they've all been there before. The rest of them are new bloods. Pretty surprised to think that Angus Crichton hasn't played in an Australian jersey yet. That I don't know. I, I thought by now he would have played a, a couple. But um, yeah. what do you make of the, the, the Prime Minister's squad? I know we don't take any stocks out of it, but just, just in terms of the guys who got Got given the jersey. I think it's a, it's a fairly picked team. Yeah, like it's it's a team that you're not expecting your your full strength players, but it's everyone in that team deserves deserves to wear that jersey. Can you can you see anyone from? So we'll quickly run through. We've got Dane Laurie at the back, Ado Khan for feeder on the wings, Cobo Lomax, Burton and Ches in the halves. The front row is Tino Hunt, Flegler. In a back row of Butcher, Crichton, Josh King. Off the bench, Max King, Bo Fermor, Jake Simpkin, Luke Garner. Is there anyone in that team who is, one, already going to be in the World Cup squad and, two, being given the chance to potentially work their way into the squad before it's Ang- uh, fully named? Angus Crichton. I think Angus Crichton. Yeah. He... Um- you know, Hudson Young's kind of stole that spotlight and Angus Crichton's got an opportunity this week to just say, hey, you know, remember who I am. You know, if he if he has one of those games that we know he can have, he might, you know, that starting jersey or that spot on the bench in the big games could be his. I, I do happens. think, I do think, if we're going through the list, obviously, I think the Fox will be there. I think he, whether or not he's in the, the main starting squad, I think he would be. But yeah, regardless, would, yeah. he'll, he, he'd be there. Um, Chez will be there. You know, obviously, we're all going to um and ah over who should be the seven until it's grand final time you know, if they do make it. But You know who I'm surprised isn't on, on the wing, actually? Corey Oates. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I was surprised to not see him named as well. I thought, especially given, and, and we'll get to Swali, but given that he's uh, Swali's not um, going to play for for Australia, I thought thought he might he might get himself a chance. Um, Cobo, does he make the proper squad for the World this Cup? Depends how he's how he's feeling after this year. If his body's up to it, if his mind's up to it, because he you know he was very fatigued heading towards the end of the season and. He yeah. sat out a few games, so you know whether that's if he just needs a break from footy and just to to recharge and settle in into it, you know. Yeah. But if he's I, ready, I think he deserves a shot. I don't think I'd have him in the, you know, the big game team. But I think even just bringing him along for some group games, there's going to be games there. Yeah, let him let him play against Greece. School school four tries against Greece. Burden. Does does the Birdo bomb is that enough? Is it and and on that before we go anywhere with it, is the gimmick alone enough for him to keep? Yeah, I was, about to say it's a bit of a, I was about to say it's a bit of a gimmick. The bomb, like and 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 by no means am I calling him a bad player. But like yeah. what he did at Penrith, 
although most left centers on that side were, would have had a good season, he is a good player. But is is he a representative good player, or is he just sort of getting in here off the back of what he's I think known? He for? will be a good representative, good player, but you know, it's what you can't have so many of the same players because who who deserves that jersey more in the who deserves that spot in the kangaroo squad more? Matt Burton or Jack Whiten. You can't fit both of those in, in, in the same team, I don't think. Uh, you know, I, and there's other 5'8s yeah. who deserve a chance, like Tom did. You know, I think Yeah. I think based on achievement, I think, you know, there's a few plays in front of him. Yeah, it, it sort of feels like yes, he's a good player, and you can see him in rep duties, you know, but I, I do think the connection with the Penrith boys is getting a few guys ahead in the pecking order. For, oh, for yeah. me personally, uh, no I bias agree. here. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm a Parramatta fan, a Salty Para fan or whatever. Like, I'm, I've got nothing to do with, you know, Penrith, ex-Penrith, those sorts of things, New South Wales even. It's just Burton for mine, good player, would love to have him on my side. I'm not knocking how good a player he is. It's just when you line him up with some of the other talents out there, like I said, not not having Jack White in Origin, big loss, and and back and, in the ass. Um, yeah. So, all right, who else we got? Uh, Tino, is Tino yeah. a chance to to get yeah. into the Aussie squad? I think I think he'll be there. I think he'll yeah. make it. He uh, he'll be one of the starters. I'd say. Yeah, he could be in our starting front row. We're getting pretty pretty bleak up there. Um, Benny Hunt. Mate, there's there's obviously four good rake options, but I think Appy wants to play for Australia, but he's also been yeah. named in that extended Fiji squad. I think I, he, if he doesn't make the Australian team, he said he'll play for Fiji. I I I it's tough because for mine, like and and again, I said no bias about Burton. I do have bias towards Ben Hunt, one of my favourite players, but I do think. It's it's almost it's weird because as a halfback he's probably about the third or fourth option halfback at this point. Maybe Hines just in front of him, maybe maybe just in front of him. But again, with the nine, he's he's the best representative nine we have, but he's also not a specialist nine in the same way that a Cook or a Appy or a Harry Grant is. It, it yeah, that's true. Does he make the World Cup squad, Ben Hunt? That's I don't think he does. Um, I think there's only about two or three spots there for nine, and I think Grant's a certainty. Um, I think Coruscant yeah. would be a certainty. Yeah, and then that... Cook would have to go as well. Well, there's talk of Cook missing out on that spot, so I think it'd be a toss-up between Hunt and Cook. Wow. And then thinking about it, I think I think Hunt will get it. I, Cook, you know, he kind of didn't deliver an origin this year, and Coruscant, you know, was the starting nine. So, well, Hunt's going to cover more as well. I don't think he necessarily loves playing nine. He's just accepting the fact that that's doing a job. That's his way in. Um, Flegler, my boy Flegler, gets a starting front row spot in this exhibition. Can he? Can he? With the with the amount of front rowers we've lost now, Payne Haas. Obviously, Papali's going to play for Samoa. Can can Flegler sneak into the squad? I think so. I'd like to see him there. Yeah, I think he will. 
Um, both both Roosters back rowers fucking blinding form towards the end of the year, but do, I think Crichton makes it. I think we both agree on that. Matt Butcher though, he's had a bit of a blow up year this year. He's, he's really starting to find his strides, especially once Supernova went he'll down. Yeah, you don't reckon? No, nah, he won't make it. There's already you know there's already enough back rowers that'll that'll be in there with you know Hudson Young and. And Matt Butcher the did him, yeah. There's talk of him getting a spot, yeah. Um, but I don't think Butcher. I think the Prime Minister's 13th is is what he deserves at this point. Uh, and the rest I can't see being a factor. World you don't Cup. Max, do you get a spot? No. No, <laughs> mate. Not happening. Not happening. Although, I, I'll tell you what, though. I do like his prospects going forward next year. Not yeah, just he's, from a, he's, he's got a great point. work rate. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do like what I say from him. Um, yeah, okay. Swali chooses oh. to play for Samoa. Now, there's obviously it's oh, it's the most rugby league thing ever when we talk about a guy. He says, and of course he's going to say, "I've got family over there still. My family want me to play for them." But then Tuvi comes out and says, "Well, yeah, I think you know." the opportunity to play fullback just opens the gates up to all sorts of conversation. What do you think needs to happen? And I'm pretty sure I know your answer already, but do we need to, to put the lock on the door once and for all, once a player decides to leave and go play for another country? Is that it for their origin career? Is that it for their chance to play for Australia? Obviously, you know, Victor's going to play for England. That's apparently yeah. rules him out. Sawali, what do you make of it? Well, you look at that that team on paper. That's a tier one team, and if they all want to be in a tier one team, that's what they should do. That's my opinion. Like I know a lot of people don't agree with it, but you know, it does cost a lot of a lot of hardworking players who have no other country to back up on. Look, like Ado Car, who's been great this year in a poor team. He's lost a spot in Origin, and he. He may or may not lose a spot in the Australian team. Yeah, and, you, you, know, you don't want to Tom Flegler. Yeah. Tom Flegler would probably be a starting front row if it wasn't for Josh Papali'i, you know? I, I think I agree with what you're saying and the fact that I don't want to see guys who proudly wear that jersey. When I see Luttrell or Addo Carr pull on a, a Blues or an Australian jersey, it means something to them. Exactly. But you know, even and 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 again, it it's bonkers to think. But like, Tedesco played in the last World Cup, Italy, for Italy. <laughs> like, we have guys who who played for you know, Tyson Frizzell played for fucking Wales in in twenty eleven thirteen, and then played for Australia, and apparently now is considering trying his hand with Tonga. Now, that to me is is where I draw the line. And yeah, I, it's... I'm not saying I should be the one that draws the line. I'm just saying it does start to get a bit scuffed. I do does, think, I'm, yeah, I'm coming around a bit on the whole let them play whatever they want. I think we do need, you don't want to see guys who love the jersey Ooh. miss out. That's, that's the main I thing. I think because, you know, there's the, the Polynesian... Is, uh, sorry, NRL has a 50% rate of Polynesian players in the competition. And, yeah. you know, they're all the best players. So how could any 
Pacific Islander country be a tier, tier two nation now with the yeah. amount of players that can play? It's- I think, I think, I think the like after this World Cup, clearly things are going to change. I don't know. I in think which Origin, way, but- Origin can survive with these players, you know, if they without sorry, but the international game will grow. That's yeah. the that's the beauty of it. Like imagine a mid season, you know, rep round Tonga versus Samoa, and then the next night we got Origin. You know, it's well, it's, it just um, it gives you a reason to want to watch the Kangaroos. Every every yeah. game I've ever watched my whole life watching the kangaroos i've never i've never once been like oh no like like what if they lose it's it's actually gotten to the point where when they do lose i'm more excited yeah know? exactly like so, i was stoked when Tommy beat australia i know yeah I'm, I'm an australian even i just and, want the game to grow you know for me at least it was a two horse race but even still back when you know balls going out slater throws it in Benji scores. I just remember saying that and going, "Oh my god!" Like they're human. Australia's lost, and I, I want that feeling again. You know, and in like in back in the seventies and eighties, the biggest thing to do was a kangaroos tour. Yeah, hundred like, percent. And and like they would be playing against the British Lions or whatever they're called. And, you know, they were actually good. France was good. Back yeah, France the was good. Yeah, you know? the Australian jersey used to mean so much more, and it was more of a a competitive jersey to be in, not just I think they see it as an exhibition match, a big paycheck and you know. Yeah. So now I think a bit of scrutiny now with the international game is actually gonna better it and, you know, put a bit more pride into that jersey, into all the international jerseys, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I I, so I honestly can't wait for this World Cup. And I've never I'd seen rather that see the international before. game grow. I, I love international footy, you know. Like, well, like you said, the origins, the origin's going to survive. Origin like, will always survive. Yeah. So turn it yeah. into what it used to be an audition for the Australian jersey. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, and if they, if they love Origin and want to represent their state, then play it for the jersey. Don't play it for the status. Couldn't agree more, which I didn't think oh, we'd get to on that. <laughs> I didn't think I would. Yeah. Um, I think I think my mind will change even more after the World Cup. I just I think I don't want to see certain guys miss out on Origin jersey, but yeah. when you start to see an Australian team that's named and you see, especially more so for like the Indigenous Australians getting yeah. you know the opportunity they deserve, because you exactly. don't want like the Fox is just such a prime example of no one in their right mind thinks he's better than Daniel Tupo or Brian Toto. No one thinks that, but. Does he care more about the Australian jersey than they do? Of course he does. It's his, it's his country. And, and, and that's no knock on Tupo or To'o. They just also yeah. represent different heritages. So exactly. they, they physically can't understand what the kangaroo jersey means in the same way that another yeah. car does. And, that, and, yeah. and that's not me trying to take a knock at Polynesian. Like, you know, it's not, my parents don't come from Australia, but... I just know that for these guys, certain guys who wear that Australian jersey, there is a sense of pride, and that's that's exactly what we see. so exactly. Um, mate, prelim time. Obviously, four teams to go. We will start off with tonight. How good up in up in uh, Townsville now? I did a little bit of research last time they played. Up north, when it was stinking, in Darwin, 35 to 4. 
<laughs> very, um, very like, and 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 you look at the the odds are a dollar seventy to two fifteen. Going off that last game is, it, it almost feels like it should be even shorter. I don't. A lot of people all of a sudden believe Parramatta are this big chance. I can't see it. I can't. I personally no, cannot see. Can it. I think the Cowboys win. I think they win well. I think they win 13-plus, and I think Val Home scores. What say you? I think, yeah, I think the same, 13-plus and Val Holmes. I, well, I think, you know, one, one thing is preparing for, for a game in the heat and getting used to it, and that will tire you out on its own, you know. I spend a lot of time up, not, not like I play footy up there in England, I spend a lot of time up north in the heat, and it sucks the life out of you. It's yeah. it's humid, you know. These big forwards are going to get tired easy. They're going to be sweating, you know. Parramatta have a big pack, and they're going to be struggling with this heat. And yeah. there's no way of getting used to it in a couple of days. I, I and and I don't I don't like and that's been the talk all week. But I don't just want that to be the reason that people, you know, I don't want people to think if it was fine weather that Parramatta is all of a sudden going to win. I truly yeah. believe the Cowboys are more prepared at this point. I think all the scrutiny that was surrounding them, they got past. They put that yeah. all at the door come finals time. They, got that yeah. real scrappy win against the Sharks. Well earned. Yeah. Win. They did it the hard way. And they deserve to be fresh and fine going into a climate that suits them with pretty much their full complement of players. Um, Parramatta... A few and and not like the noise is all that big, you know. If players aren't fighting, they're not fighting. If players are, you know, if the coach, you know, all that noise only matters if it matters to them. They've obviously, yeah. I think that story was deliberately planted by someone at Parramatta to rile the players up to get them going, you know. Because imagine being a player seeing this, you know, you're you're in the wherever you are having coffee and say, look at this shit, look, this has come out, you know, this is bullshit, you know, let's. Let's and it unites them all. Yeah. So yeah. look, I don't know if could be an inside right job. Yeah. Could be an inside job. You know, I, I, I do. I do think para. It's 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 like I know their whole thing now. Their slogan is like this is our year. They know this is their chance. But I just I I can't I I, I can't see it, and it's not. Because I don't think they have a good squad. I think their squad's amazing. They've they've given it to us, although we gave it to them earlier. But they they've given it to us. I've, I've, gave it to us. I've seen I've seen them do it. it. It's just that when I when I put and and I, I don't like the whole they've never been consistent. They haven't. But I'm not going to go off that. It's just that even if they were to win this week, that's just you know hypothetical here for a second. Well, it, it might happen, but. Their team is not better than Penrith. Their team is no, not, not better. Even better than and 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 they're like there are certain players in the league who can have the big game. Latrell had a pretty fucking average stinker of a game, if you if you ask me, in round twenty five. And the yep. next week he said, Fucking let me show you something. Yeah. And and we're like, Oh yeah. With Parramatta, it's like a collective thing. It's not like they one. Have- I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the Mitch Moses game, you know. I haven't nah. seen the Dylan Brown game. I've seen them have good games Moment. when the team's playing well, you know. But I haven't seen the oh, Parramatta's been average, but 
Mitch Moses this week. He's Whereas I can say that about Latrell, you know, I can yeah. say that about Cleary. Nathan Cleary. I, I, like, but I, I, there's no one on that Parramatta team, not Gutho, not Brown, not Moses, not one player on that team that I go, that was a standout performance by them. And that's why for me against this, this Cowboys team in their environment with the season they've had, it's, it's curtains and para. Yes. Yeah. Mates, the uh, the main event, the the grand final before the grand final. It always happens where a prelim ends up being better than the grand final. So, well, not always, but more so than not. Most often, yeah. I I feel like this is going to be a massive heartbreak for Seattle fans. There's a lot of people who, and rightfully so, it's been this like joyride for them these past few weeks, like the heartbreak into and the cameras are always on the trail and something's happening. Cam Murray, the club captain sneaks through for the, the last try of the game. Like just everything is just turning into a movie for Souths, but I'm not going to fall for it. I'm not going to fall for the, the Souths hype. I've loved what I've seen. It's been an awesome movie to watch, but I'm not going to forget that. Penrith is the biggest the biggest movie in in the box yeah. office that and and to me Penrith are going to win they're going to win well and Toto's going to get a try on that Johnsonless wing. What say you, Mister Noss? Yeah, I think. Look, I'm this week. I've had a look, and I'm betting with my heart this week. I'm going to go South one to twelve. And Latrell Mitchell is going to wave goodbye to those Panthers. I think, I think it's my head talking, but or my heart, sorry. And I've only tipped against South all year once, and that was against the Raiders. So why stop now? Right. So, so some would say you've still tipped South more than the Raiders this year, just quietly. <laughs> um, and the stonk, no surprises, 13-plus with Critter to score. Look, for me, I, I, don't, I don't care. I feel like I'd feel more comfortable if Penrith won the grand final from here because things would just make more sense if they did. To me, out of the four that are left, Penrith, obviously, the favourites, rightfully so. Seattle, so I'd have a second favourite. I think whoever wins tomorrow night. Gets the cake from there. Yep. Cows can surprise me, but no big surprise. I've got a personal vendetta against them. The only player I want to see there succeed is Tom Dearden. Every time he's played against us or when he put on that Queensland jersey, my fucking heart just cries for him because God, does he deserve this. God, does he deserve this. Parramatta, just the one team I don't want to see win. Don't, yeah, fuck them. And don't, shit don't have anything for them. They can fight um, all they want after tonight. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's us. We'll be back next week. The grand final preview and the prelim review. Hope you guys enjoy it, and boys. How do I do? There we go.